Well, it's a mix of several things. One is that we're hearing about it um, on a positive note because we're learning more about what we can do to significantly lower risk um, for for Alzheimer's and dementia. So that's a positive side of it. We are seeing an increase in cases um, also because people are um, living longer and also because of some underlying conditions that are driving memory loss. So we realize that things that we didn't know were connected are connected and we can talk about those things. Um, our heart health, um, diabetes, um, some lifestyle factors and really a big message of, of what we want to be talking about is that these underlying issues are things that we can take control of. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also keynote and TEDx speaker, and a professional coach, author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym, and that's your source of all kinds of information regarding wellness, rejuvenating, positive psychology, my own particular spit on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, and lots of other wellness-related uh, information. It's also the place where you can contact me and even suggest guests for future podcasts. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is always to present you with individuals who lead their own lives enthusiastically and are in various ways able to help us to become better versions of ourselves as we go through the lifespan. And today's guest is very special in this regard, not only because of the information that he can impart, but also because Probably the concerns that he deals with is something that many of my listeners, many of the followers at the mental health gym have expressed significant concerns about. There's a lot of information, misinformation, and we're going to get the lowdown on the whole issue of cognitive decline and how to avoid it as we go through the aging process. Dr. Mark Milstein is a brain health expert, public speaker, and best-selling author. His new book, The Age-Proof Brain, New Strategies to Improve Memory, Protect Immunity, and Fight Off Dementia, is an easy-to-follow guide to cutting-edge medical research that will enable people to keep their brains in tip-top shape for the long haul. See, I did promise you that it was going to be really, really useful and sought-after information. According to Dr. Milstein, our power to improve brain function lies in the brain's connection with the rest of the body. This means that various lifestyles, fa lifestyle factors governed by the brain, such as sleep habits and environmental toxins, tend to have a greater impact on our health than we realize. Uh, his book, The Age-Proof Brain, covers each of these topics and offers integrative, science-supported strategies to increase memory, fight off depression, improve mood, ignite energy, and even prevent dementia and non-genetic Alzheimer's disease. So uh, 
that's a tall order, but we got somebody, you know, really terrific to deliver it. Dr. Milstein earned his PhD in biological chemistry and his bachelor of science degree in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology from UCLA. And it is such a pleasure to welcome you, Mark. It's a sought-after topic. You're a sought-after uh, guest that I've really been looking forward to interviewing. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Happy to be here. Great. So uh, I don't need to tell you, I'm sure that many, many people my age and considerably younger even are concerned about uh, the process of aging and what it may mean cognitively. Uh, there was a, a point where it seemed like people were most concerned about the body deteriorating, but uh, seems like medical science have, has kept some bodies going much longer than the brains. And I'm wondering, uh, are we just hearing about it more or is is there more dementia and Alzheimer's and so on going on nowadays? Well, it, it's a mix of several things. One is that we're hearing about it um, on a positive note because we're learning more about what we can do to significantly lower risk um, for for Alzheimer's and dementia. So that's a positive side of it. We are seeing an increase in cases um, also because people are um, living longer and also because of some underlying conditions that are driving memory loss. So we realized that things that we didn't know were connected are connected and we can talk about those things. Um, our heart health, um, diabetes, um, some lifestyle factors, and really a big message of, of what we want to be talking about is that these underlying issues are things that we can take control of and that by taking control of them, we can really protect our brain now and, and years down the road. Well, that's really exciting. Uh, so uh, just in general, I, I'm wondering what are some of the things that that we can do? Uh, you know, I don't want you to give the, the whole book kind of thing, but in general, right. uh, what I mean, I mean, this sounds very promising. Yeah, absolutely. It, we're a lot of hope here, a lot of empowering insights. What we realize is almost all people aren't destined to lose their memory. Um, we see that it's not just genetics. Genes play a role, but they're not the only factor. And the things that also play a factor um, are how we're sleeping is really important. What we're eating makes a difference. Um, stress management, our activity level in terms of being social, learning new things, and also underlying conditions. So as I talked about before, you know, issues with cardiovascular health, have a big impact on our brain health, uh, diabetes, metabolism, what's happening in our gut uh, makes a, plays a big role. And what we realize is that, is that many of these things on the list, as I said, we have really good treatments for. So we just wanna be optimizing and leveraging the, the things that we can take control over because we know that they have an impact on, on our brain. Well, I assume that there are some brain processes that decline uh, as just normally as we get older. Uh, and I know uh, a lot of times uh, people will see that as, as a reason to panic. I know when I used to do uh, uh, more 
uh, neuropsychological testing, I'd have people come in and and uh, probably before before your time uh, when we they started having uh, fax machines. I know people would start weren't used to seeing the fax machine number on the stationery, and they would dial that as the phone number and would see that as evidence that that they're declining. I, I, so I uh, I'm sure that there are things like that that are just part of the, the the normal aging process that we don't have to be alarmed about. Are, what are some of those kind of normal aging things? Well, there's parts about the brain or aspects of our memory that can improve as we age, but some things that we wanna be aware of are, for example, multitasking, trying to do more than one thing at the same time, as we get older can become more challenging. And what we realize is that we're living in a world where we have a lot of multitasking, we have a lot of distraction in terms of, you know, going from one task to the other, or we, we don't spend more than a second or two trying to remember where we put our keys or parked our car or what we wanted in the refrigerator or that person's name. And so people start to worry when they start to, you know, notice some issues with those aspects of memory. But those things, you know, if they're happening from time to time are not really things we're concerned about. If they're happening with increasing frequency or they're interfering with someone's ability to get through the day, then we want to you know, raise a red flag and say, we know so much more about things that we can do to slow this down or in some cases reverse it. We want to identify what's causing it. What's the root cause? It could just be that you know, we're very distracted. It could just be that we're dealing with some issues with you know, uh, side effects to medications. It could be things that are, are very treatable. And so we don't wanna just immediately jump to a conclusion that it's something that is you know, not treatable, something that we can't improve upon. In many cases, there's things that we can do and identify. And just one thing that's just, you know, I always like to give a quick take home tip <laughs> is that our brain works in a way where if we don't focus on information for about you know, 10 seconds or so, our brain pretty much throws it away. We, we think we want to remember things, but our brain really wants to filter a lot out. There's just so much happening. And between multitasking and on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, and all the information that's hitting our brain, we can feel like, wait, I'm having trouble remembering. And just simply slowing down and just saying, I'm going to focus on one thing at a time for a few extra seconds. People are surprised how much more they remember in a world where we're just, you know, really juggling a lot. Um, and that can be very helpful in, in remembering, you know, where we put our keys or parked our car, among other many, many tricks and tips rooted in brain science, is one just realizing that there's a lot of overwhelm happening, a lot of multitasking. Sometimes we just need to slow down and just take a few extra seconds, which can go a long way. Sounds simple, but can be really impactful. Yeah, well, that, that can really be helpful. That's good to hear. But you said something, and before we go into some of the other techniques, you said something that made my ears perk up and... Uh, want to take some notes so I can tell my my sons and my grandchildren, did you say some things actually improve as we get <laughs> Yeah, the aspects of, of, of um, analytical thinking can improve. Um, the ability to store information can be, can be something that can be improved upon. One of the things that we see is the, the multitasking is one of the things that we see does decline as we get older. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't do the things that we're just talking about to try to, you know, alleviate some of those issues or realize, wait a second, I just need to focus on one thing. Or if I'm, um, you know, if I, if I want, if somebody's talking to me, I don't want to be looking at my phone. I want to be really engaged in the conversation. Um, and, and, you know, as part of, I think what you talk about the enthusiasm of just being present uh, in the moment. And those things are actually really helpful for memory too. It's really interesting. I'm sure that uh, cell phones have not helped. And right. <laughs> 
stay in focus. Yeah. Um, what, uh, just in general, and uh, among the, the common things that people can do to help themselves, uh, you know, to whatever we can do preventively, uh, can you give us a couple more? I mean, I'm sure the slowing down and yeah. focusing has to be a, a really major part yeah. of it, but but anything else that, that uh, you're going out that we can do that's that's pretty common? Yes, I, I, I like to say the book is filled with the little things that make a big difference. You know, nobody, most people don't wanna make major, major, major changes. They just wanna say, what's, what's something that <laughs> makes a big impact that's a small change? So something that is surprisingly simple, but very effective for memory is walking. And we see all these studies now that show that walking about 30 minutes a day lowers the risk of significant memory loss by about 60%. Wow. And so, you know, we'd say, wait, wait, how is that related? But if you think about your ancestors and evolution, you know, they had to remember where they were walking. They, that was something that was important or they didn't make it home and they often didn't then, they got eaten, they passed on their, they didn't pass on their genes. So it is deeply embedded in our brain to walk and remember and to activate memory. So we, we actually see this really clearly now with all these interesting studies that show that when you walk, you release a factor in your brain called BDNF that is really good for memory. And so the idea is, is that, you know, just thinking about, am I getting enough walking in a day? I wanna make sure I'm, you know, parking a little farther from an errand or getting off the bus a stop earlier, walking around my, where I live a little bit more, a little bit more walking in, a, in, a, in an environment where oftentimes we, can walk less <laughs> is something really simple and actionable that is really important for, for, our, for our memory and important for our brain health. Again, all the tips are about how do we lower risk? How do we push odds in our favor? And these are just the things that we are identifying that are small things that are impactful. What about uh, what we eat? Does that have any, any impact? Yeah, we, we, we have these studies now that show us that um, the Mediterranean diet or it's called like the mind diet, which is the Mediterranean diet mixed with something called the dash diet. It's like a heart healthy diet. So people who, you know, sort of follow these diets, like a mind diet, they actually lower their risk of dementia, memory loss, significant memory loss by about 35%. And people who strictly follow these diets lower their risk by about 53%. And so we realize that what we eat is a big impact, um, not only on our brain function that day, we're actually seeing that, um, but it also impacts our memory down the road. It plays a role in keeping our heart healthy, which is important for brain health. It plays a role in our immune system, which is important for brain health. Inflammation is another big one that we're learning is really important for brain health. And a lot of the inflammation can spread from our gut to our brain. So what we're eating can either make inflammation worse or or improve or lessen inflammation i should say um kind of put that fire out so when we think about food just you know most of the time whole natural foods that, that are not like heavily processed um there's a lot of information about there with diet as you mentioned at the beginning you know a lot of misinformation but there's a there's there's different ways to go with diet that can be effective but something that we see that is just consistently important is whole natural foods and trying to minimize the processed ingredients the, the additives, the preservatives, the ultra processed ingredients, you know, the things that you look on a package and you're like, I can't pronounce this stuff. <laughs> this is like, is this a chemistry experiment or is this food? Those are things we want to just minimize. And that simple trick can go or tip can go a long way when it comes to brain health. Amazing. I, uh, I, you made me think of this uh, physical therapist friend of mine who told me once that he, he doesn't, uh, 
buy any any food if if he sees more than six ingredients <laughs> yeah. label and thought geez six ingredients what has six ingredients and you'd be surprised if you look at at some labels yeah. on things that you know like some cereals that you think yeah. are really healthy uh and aside from not being able to know what some of those ingredients are or pronounce them so that that's amazing advice yeah uh, I think early on you also mentioned something about sleep. Is there a prescribed number or amount or, I, I mean, how, uh, if I want to sleep right for my health, for my brain yeah. health, what do I want to do? Well, we know for adults, it's somewhere between seven and nine hours. There are some people who can get more than nine, they, they can, I should say, can get less than seven and they do just fine. Um, it's just we just want to make sure everything is okay and that that person isn't sleep deprived more than nine it's also just we want to make sure that there's not a reason the person needs more than nine it can be okay but there is such thing as too much sleep and really just assessing how someone feels you know saying am i am i able to get through the day am i feeling exhausted am i getting my benefit of, or the benefit of sleep do i feel like i'm feeling restored it's okay to take a nap that can be good too um, but the idea is is that we know that sleep is not only critically important for just how our memories are are strengthened. So every night when we're sleeping, we actually make our memory stronger. But also when we're sleeping, we actually remove waste and trash and toxins from our brain. Your brain actually like squeezes out waste and garbage and it, it like washes it away. The fluid comes up from your spinal cord. It's this like incredibly um, amazing system that we're calling the glymphatic system. So if you just think about like a house or an apartment that's filled with, you know, too much waste or garbage, it's hard to think, it's hard to find things. Same thing with the brain. We just want to use this time while we're sleeping to get effective sleep so we're just removing waste and trash and toxins leftover chemical reactions because as we get older that process can be less efficient and that's why we really want to prioritize sleep so you, you you asked about you know what are things we can do well we've learned so much about how sleep works in the brain which is really providing the insights into how to sleep better and what we realize is that you know assessing your bedroom is one thing to be aware of that we're living in a world now with your our rooms aren't dark anymore they're they're like filled with so much of these little lights around the room and it seems silly and insignificant like oh what do those really matter but these studies are now coming out that are showing that even if your eyelids are closed if there's too much of these little lights they can throw off your heart rate uh, your blood pressure your insulin response while you're sleeping because they're not allowing the brain to get into true rest so something that's just really simple is just a first step is just say you know look around your room is it become modern dark <laughs> and just, you know, maybe unplug a few things, move, move a few things to the, uh, the other room that illuminate light. Um, and also just think about maybe I should try covering my eyes with a sleep mask, experiment with that, and then just see how you feel. Oftentimes people report like, I, I feel more energetic. I feel more like I feel like I got the benefit of my sleep. And we were seeing a lot of evidence that it's really important to just realize that our rooms are, are not as dark as they used to be and, and trying to bring that that simple thing back. Boy, this, that's really new to me because I know we heard a lot about, you know, don't be spending screen time when you're in bed yeah. or stuff like that. But even if you're not directly looking at your phone or, or a TV that, uh, yeah, when you think about it, the, there are several things that are plugged yeah. in that uh, yeah. have these uh, yeah. really interesting advice. What about, um, I... Uh, I'm, uh, I'll say I'm asking for a friend. Uh, the uh, when people get to be 
around my age, considerably older than you. Um, the I know some people have really, really slowed down, not just, you know, what everybody feels that they they might be. Um, but, you know, even whether a medical person said they're they're at risk for this for dementia or um, they're not scoring well on cognitive tests, even if they haven't been diagnosed with something. Once the process has begun, yeah. is there anything they can do about it to slow it down or reverse it or uh, learn to live with? I, I mean, what what is what advice do you have for somebody who um, is probably being being treated to some extent? For, yeah, um, yeah, and this is another area where we're seeing a lot more hope in, in with recent studies. And what we're seeing is, is that first we want to do is identify what's causing the, the cognitive issues, what, what's co causing the issues, um, because many things can cause the, these symptoms. So we want to make sure that we're identifying it properly and then based upon what the underlying factor or root cause that would determine the appropriate treatment. But what's also interesting is that these combinational approaches. So there's these studies out of Cornell. Um, where they take people who have early stages of memory loss and they basically put them on what we would almost call an intervention and they optimize their sleep they have them put them on a, a you know the, the things like uh, excuse me things like a mind diet or they have them uh, optimize or, or treat any underlying conditions have them learn new things um, have them just go through the things that we're talking about there's about 12 things and really address them for that individual and what they're seeing is that in a significant number of cases, they can slow down the progression of the memory loss. And that's a big step forward because we, we can't clearly say yet that, for example, if somebody has Alzheimer's disease, which is one of the most common diseases that causes memory loss, we can't say that with these interventions that we can slow down the progression of the disease in the brain, but we are seeing that you can slow down some of the symptom progression. And that's a big step. So that's important because what we realize is it's not just what we're seeing in the brain is not the whole picture there's more things that are happening that we're, we're learning more about so that does provide some hope and then also depending upon what the underlying issue is you know there's certain medications now that can be used um, more things are being developed more things are in the pipeline uh, just in the last year there, there's some medications that we believe if they're used in early uh, in early cases of diagnoses that they, they might be beneficial so Again, it's all about early detection, getting under the care of a physician, using these combinational approaches and, 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 and trying to use the latest insights to try to do everything we can to slow down the progression. Hey, good advice. Uh, this is really fascinating. I, uh, uh, you, you mentioned medication, which I was going to ask about, uh, but one of the things I'm seeing, uh, even in the limited amount of TV watching that I do, there are uh, a lot of non-prescription medications yeah. that are heavily advertised. Is there some science behind it, or is it a, kind of an almost faith-based kind of thing? Or yeah, that's an area where um, you know I, I actually start my book talking about those those commercials on TV because it's one of the most common questions I get asked. 
And I pretty much, you know, I tell the story that I was giving a talk and somebody came up to me and they said, I ordered those pills off of the commercial and they're really improving my memory. And I said, that's interesting. What's the name of the pill? And the person said, I can't remember. So <laughs> that really sums up that whole market. I mean, I wish, I wish there was a, a magic pill. I wish there was, you know, something that everyone could take, but that's just much more marketing than actual science at this point. Um, and so what we do know is that there are things that are helpful, but it's just not in a magic pill form. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the things we're talking about, staying active, moving, you know, exercise, what we're eating, underlying conditions, all these things play a role. They're a piece of a complex puzzle. Um, so the positive is, is that we've identified things that are helpful and beneficial, but we just don't have like a, you know, a magic pill, unfortunately. It sounds like there's so many things that have been recommended based on what you're saying. So many things that have been recommended for good health in general yeah. are also really good for your brain. That yeah. If, if you exercise or walk and do a lot of uh, um, activity that uh, uh, the way that you eat, um, things of this nature, but that, that's also really good for your brain so it, it, I, I think that's a real endorsement for a for a healthy lifestyle and uh yeah absolutely that's what we're seeing is that it, it's more motivation um it's more um evidence that these things are really important more hope that there's things it doesn't have to be major changes and also just being aware that things are connected that we never thought were connected so another thing you know gingivitis if it's not treated, raises the risk of memory loss. And you'd say, wait, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem connected. But inflammation in any part of the body that's spreading to the brain, and gingivitis is inflammation in the gums, can damage the brain. So it, it actually spreads. It gets in the bloodstream and makes its way there. So the idea is, is that we've identified these these areas where we at first we say, wait, that that's connected. We now know it is connected. We have good treatments for these things. We just want to, you know, kind of just leverage, just add these things up as much as we can so we can just bring risk down. Okay, wonderful. Um, if I were half my age and wanted to uh, say, when I get to be my age, want to be healthy, both, you know, physically and, and mentally, um, what is there anything specific or are we talking about kind of the same things you said, the kind of the Mediterranean or mind diet or and walking and staying yeah. active? Uh, are, are there some things that healthy people, brain healthy people do that uh, other people don't beyond the, the stuff that's recommended for everybody? Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that what's happening in our 30s and 40s is impacting what's happening in our brain in our 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, so it, we see that all these things that we're talking about are important at any age, but what we're learning is, is that the roots of symptoms are being planted years before, decades before. And so, you know, some people, I, I think it's important to get that message out that people who are, you know, at certain ages, 30s or 40s to say, you know, for example, a study came out just a couple of days ago your blood pressure in your 30s can impact your brain health in your 70s. Hmm. And so, you know, we know we, we know blood pressure is important. That's not a big headline, but that it's important 40 years before you might see a symptom and that, you know, 
what do you know what your number is? Do you know what your blood pressure is? And and you know, think about trying to get it in the range of like 110 over 70 is a good is a good goal. You know, obviously it doesn't have to be exactly that, but that's a good range. And realizing that that has an impact. And there's there's several other things like this. Um, how we're sleeping when we're younger can impact uh, our brain health down the road. All these things kind of they're like roots that we want to be aware of. Um, and, and another aspect of this is just stress management. We haven't talked about that is that, you know, it's okay to have stress. Stress is actually good for the brain um, in, in moments and doses. But if we're going through, um, you know, too much stress too often, that can have a damaging effect, effect on brain health years down the road, which brings in one last point, which is mental health. We're actually learning that depression and anxiety, if they're not treated, even in younger years, can impact the risk of dementia or memory loss years down the road. So, you know, these conditions are important on their own, but they're also important because we want to be talking about them. We want, you know, we want to destigmatize more and more as we are doing and be aware that they're just not important now. They are important now, but they're also important down the road because they can impact, impact brain health down the road. Well, there's so much information. I've got so many more questions, a lot more than I have time, but I want to get a, just a couple of them in that I, I think are pretty important before we hear about the book and so on. But um, one is among the things that you've mentioned, uh, you didn't seem to mention, or maybe my memory is, is playing tricks on me, uh, Thing, direct cognitive kinds of things like uh, doing crossword puzzles or reading or games on on uh, the computer or taking classes. Are there uh, things that that you recommend as kind of musts or <laughs> shoulds or something as as for for brain health? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. One of one of the most important things is really I like to think of it as like cross training your brain or um, engagement. And so, what we see is that if if you were to if you go to the gym, for example, and you just worked out your arms and that's all you ever did, after a while that wouldn't be great. So, if you think about your brain, um, you know, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, those things they're they're okay. They they if you like doing them, keep doing them. They're good, but they're not the only thing. And instead, just taking a moment and thinking, okay, if I think of my week, I want to pick, you know, a day or two where I'm learning something new outside of my field of expertise, because that causes new brain cell connections, which is really important, because as we age, we lose some of those connections, so we want to be putting new ones in. So it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's new. It could be a new subject, you know, listening to a podcast, whatever it is, new information, mental stimulation. And then another day of the week, we want to really focus on learning something involved with movement. So it could be learning to dance or yoga, Pilates, pickleball. The brain is controlling our movement, and that's a use it or lose it skill, our balance, um, our posture. We want to really keep that strong, too. We, we want to cross-train the brain in that way. And then the third thing we want to think about during the week is be social. Like, call a friend, meet a friend, go for coffee, go for lunch, go for a walk and talk with somebody, because we see that feelings of isolation or loneliness increase the risk of memory loss by about 50%. And when we're social, when we're learning new things, when we're um, around people, it's just really important that keeps our brain engaged. So, you know, the crossword puzzles are good and they, they, they can be a piece of it, but we want to think about those three areas as something we want to just really prioritize. And the good news is those are all fun things. It's not taking things away um, that we often tend to tend to associate with, you know, health. It's not taking things away. It's all adding, you know, fun things into our, our week. 
Well, listeners to the podcast know that I, I have what I call my non-negotiable four of eating healthy, exercising, keeping the, the brain active by learning and um, uh, staying socially connected. And yeah. So I'm glad to have that verified by, <laughs> by a true expert in the field. Uh, the the only other question other than focusing on, on you and your stuff for a few minutes is uh, I do have some physicians who listen in on a regular basis and all of us pretty much have primary uh, physicians or other uh, healthcare providers, whether it be nurse practitioner or uh, others. Um, what should we be expecting of our provider and yeah. what should they be doing to, to make sure, you know, if somebody comes in and they're, they're physically pretty much intact or they know that they, they have some history of heart disease and they're watching that, but what, what should they be looking at or what should we be expecting them to be looking at to make sure that they're also checking up on our brain? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, I include in the book what I call the one piece of paper. And that's the one piece of paper that is the, the test that to have the conversation with your doctor about and really having that engagement and sitting down with him or her or, you know, th that that person who's helping you and saying, I'm concerned about my brain health now and down the road. And I, I've, you know, I want to be on top of these things. Let's talk about inflammation. Let's talk about what are the tests that I can do to make sure I don't have any inflammation that's spreading to my brain? I want to be on top of heart health. So a couple tests that are on that piece of paper that are, you know, beyond blood pressure and cholesterol that want to be aware of these tests. Want to, want, are these right for me? Um, you know, not being afraid to ask that question and saying, and saying that, please, you know, I just, I know I've been hearing this is so important now and down the road. And then the last test um, is a, a general is really thinking about blood sugar and saying, you know, I, I really, I've been hearing so much about how, and, and I'll, I'll mention this now is that diabetes, if it's not treated, is our is one of our single greatest risk factors for memory loss, for dementia, for significant memory loss. We now know that these conditions are interrelated. And so really saying, you know, please be on top of my blood sugar uh, and, and having that conversation because it's just important to, to realize that we, we've identified some tests that if we can keep these numbers in normal ranges, we, we can get the best of our brain each day and protect it down the road. So just having that conversation and, and following up and, and being on top of those things, you know, once or twice a year, whatever's appropriate for the individual is, is very helpful. Great. Well, it, kind of peripherally, you've gotten in a lot of information about the book. It makes me real excited uh, to, to learn more about it. So why don't you tell us uh i mean we'll have all this in the show notes but run by us the title and and what we'd find out inside just in general terms yeah i, I appreciate that so it's called the h proof brain and it is a uplifting science-based actionable book so it is all about how your brain works if you're interested in learning about you know how your amazing brain works and how to optimize it in terms of realizing that you know how does sleep work? And how do I make my sleep better? How, what are the things that we've identified based upon how the brain works? Little simple things that can go a long way. Um, and then this is just, just kind of goes down the list that why is what's happening in my gut? How does that relate to my brain? And what can I do to improve my gut brain connection by the things that I'm eating and 
you know, what's the deal with probiotics and what is real and what's not real. And it works its way down and, you know, talks about stress and how does this work in the brain? And then what are the things I can do? What are actionable strategies to optimize, you know, anxiety and, and stress and, and the things that are you know, just part of our life? What's good and what's bad stress? And it works its way through these about 12 factors that are really important, um, opening up insight into if you want to learn about how your brain works and then how to uh, have some strategies to make it optimized now and down the road. Wow, it sounds like a real owner's manual for the brain. It, uh, so where can we get it? Um, it's available, as they say, anywhere books are sold. So uh, anywhere from Amazon, Barnes and Noble to, uh, you know, the, the local bookstores. So um, it's uh, it, there's also an audio book available and uh, online and and actual physical copies. And I know that your only claim to fame isn't the book. So uh uh, are you online? Are, are there ways that people can find you, even even if somebody is in a position to do booking for speakers or whatever it may be? How how do people learn more about what you're doing and what you're going to be doing? And uh, and I mean this this has been so tremendous that uh, I know people are going to want to hear more from you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, an, an easy way is I have a website, um, drmarkmilstein.com, just D-R-M-A-R-C, and then milstein.com. I'm doing more on some social media like uh, Instagram, at drmarkmilstein.com. Oh, actually, I, I'm sorry, at drmarkmilstein. Um, and then also just uh, if you go to my website, there's a place you can sign up for a newsletter where I try to give out a once a month tip on new research and, and an actionable take home thing you can do to you know, improve your sleep or manage stress or something new that's in, in a diet. So just trying to get that all this really good information out there. Great, great. And uh, remember, it's Mark with a C. Right, right. And uh, uh, I mean, this is this has really been outstanding. I mean, uh, again, you it's kind of a, a wonderful thing when we can get a, a topic that's in high demand and have somebody who presents it so well and with real encouragement i mean i you know i i think the the reality is that uh there are things we can do you know I, i'm sure as you said genetics play a role and i guess somewhere along the line chance uh plays a role if there's been an injury or something like that but you know for many of us just as we've learned uh with with our bodies that there are some things that we can do to stay healthier that makes some of us different from the people who you know watch tv for eight hours a day and don't do any exercise i think the same thing here there are things that if we do care about our brains and especially nowadays where people can uh retire and live a, f a few more decades yeah. uh, it it really makes it a whole lot more fun to be a, a full participant so mark it's been such a pleasure i appreciate your sharing all this wonderful information and uh look forward to reading the book oh thank you and thank you for all that you're doing i appreciate it and really enjoyed the conversation great so this brings to a close another episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Our guest today has been Dr. Mark Milstein talking about the brain and how we can keep improving as we as we go through the lifespan. Uh, the information uh, on how to contact him and how to get the book will be 
available in the show notes. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the episode enough that you will download it, tell your friends about it, rate and review the episode, and then bring yourself back next week when we'll have another really interesting guest who will help us lead our lives with enthusiasm and become better versions of ourselves. Until then, remember to stay positive, stay safe, and look forward to seeing you at the Mental Health Show.